Before this podcast gets started, I wanted to announce that the 30-day challenge is back up and running. So if you want to learn the foundation of Japanese in 30 days, make sure to check it out at manga-c.com slash 30 days. I'll see you there. Time like, whoa. Rising in the rising sun, the land of bamboo, tengu, and Gundam like, yo. Can't believe I finally made it, Matsuri celebrated, golden week, hold it down with my show. Everybody, welcome to the Manga Sensei podcast. I'm your host, John Sensei, and today, like every day, I'm breaking down the world's best language and talking to those people who are moving and shaking and rocking this world here in the Japanese realm. Today, we're actually doing kind of a unique podcast, one I haven't quite done before. This is more of a cultural podcast. I'm interviewing my friend Kyle Harkorns. He's a uh, home from Tokyo Munchies. He's a sharp guy who's worked for English company, English-speaking companies all the way to Japan Pod 101. And he also is the guy who you want to go to if you want Japanese candy. Trust me, this guy's got some amazing stuff. Kyle, why don't you introduce yourself to the manga setos out there? Hi guys, my name is Kyle. I'm from Tokyo Munchies Podcast. I'm here today with my good friend Johnny at Manga Sensei. Manga Sensei, nice to meet you, Johnny, man, and thank you for being on your podcast. It was really nice to meet you, dude. Really nice to chat. This is going to be fun. I have a feeling it's going to be really, really fun. Sweet. So, first off, Kyle, what what are what are you doing in Japan, and what what is Tokyo Munchies for those people thinking Munchies? Munchies. Uh, okay, uh, we'll break that down one point at a time. So, in Japan, actually, right now, I am a tennis coach with Chrisman International Tennis School. I Ooh. teach. I coach tennis. I'm a professional tennis coach. Nice. Prior to, prior to that, I was an English teacher here for seven years. I've worked in internet marketing and graphic design. I'm a SPA skateboarding coach, and now I'm teaching. Now I'm coaching tennis, and I'm selling Japanese candy to the world. That's right. Wait, you can you can skateboard, you can play tennis, you can you can start a company, and you can teach English and Japanese. This is actually a lot of skills you got going on here. You're like a polymath. Yeah, I um my my ethos my. My lifestyle is nothing is impossible. Impossible is not my vocabulary. I take whatever I want to do and I do it 100% and I master it. Nice. Uh, a little bit bad though because I don't master it and hang on there because I get a little bit bored. So I'll master something and then I'll move on to something else. But yeah, I, yeah, I teach skateboarding. I teach tennis. I snowboard. I play guitar. I run my own business. I'm an entrepreneur. I do graphic design, internet marketing. Uh, I'm a bartender at a beach in Zushi, <laughs> so I mix up some cold beverages for you. Ooh, that um, that might be something I take you up on afterwards. <laughs> nice, nice. I'll when I come to Tokyo, we'll have, we'll have to talk. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Tokyo Munchies it was my uh, love child. I started about three or four years ago. I started from scratch using an online platform, online store called Ticktail.com. Mm-hmm. Ticktail.com is a really great platform because it allows people like you, me, anybody to start an online store for free. Yeah. 
you can you can pay to use the premium services, but you have the chance of actually starting to free and testing the water and building it up. And if it works and you make money, then you can invest and go further. Right. So yeah, I started Tokyo Munchies because I want to share all the cool and unique Japanese candy, which is available here in Tokyo, with the world. I want you guys to experience what I experience on a daily basis. Yeah, no, when I first went to Japan, my first trip, and I came back, the one, so I am the oldest of nine children. I have a huge, huge family. A big family. <laughs> and uh, the one thing all my younger brothers and sisters wanted when I came back from Japan was Japanese candy. We want Japanese candy. And so my suitcase was about a quarter full of Japanese candy. I brought back Umaibo, I brought back fettuccines, I brought back Zeus gum. Basically anything that they wouldn't think of as like normal, which is pretty easy. Um, <laughs> Very easy. And brought that back. But uh, the thing that they were most surprised back was I brought back about three little bags of um, Japanese Kit Kats. What's yep. what, what's going on with Japanese Kit Kats? Well, uh, what is not going on with Japanese Kit Kats? That is the question. Um, <laughs> Japanese Kit Kats are really unique. So, Japanese point for you guys, for your listeners out there, for a Japanese language point. Uh, Japanese pronounce Kit Kat as Kitsukatsu. Kitsukatsu is good luck, or you can do it. So, yeah. Kit Kats became popular in Japan because... Students graduation, gradu graduating from university or high school, the parents or relatives often give them a Kit Kat because the pronunciation of Kitsukatsu, you can do it, good luck. Yeah. So it's a sign of good luck upon your graduation. So that started the whole Japanese Kit Kat craze. Yeah, it was really and interesting because when they first did it, so Kitokatsu, they first call it Kitokato, but then somebody's like Kitokatsu. Because katsu right. means to win, and kito is like kanarazu, yeah. it's for certain, like you're totally going to destroy this. Yes, exactly, yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, any business, any company, you can't keep doing the same thing, so Japan is a, a, a small country, but a big country, and it's diversified, so yes. Japan started diversifying different flavors, so you have right now the Cheesecake Yokohama Kit Kats, which are really awesome. Are those the ones and, you put in the toaster? yeah. Yeah, they are. And, yeah, they release a different type every year. So there's a different type of Kit Kats. You can actually bake them, and they taste better when they're baked. Yeah. The last, last uh, two years ago, they had the very first Nihonshu, the sake Kit Kat. Yeah. And they were in a really beautiful box. It looked like a sake bottle. Oh. And they're actually alcoholic. They're 0.08% alcohol. Wow. You, you can't get drunk on it. Oh, it depends on if you're a one-pot screamer. Sorry, I'm an Aussie, so one pot streamer means you drink one drink and you're drunk. <laughs> I know some of those. You, you can't get drunk on these Kit Kats, but if, you, if you're light, you can probably get a buzz. So that was really cool. And then they released just recently the premium version of the Saki Kit Kats, but the alcohol is lower. And they got a really, really unique one coming out. It's going to be released in September. It'll be available in my shop at tokyomunchies.tiktok.com about September, November. It's Ume Nihonshu Kit Kat. Ooh. So help me out, Johnny. Ume. Ume is a plum. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yes. So this is like the Ume Nihonshu Kit Kat. It's really a unique story. It's um, 
a base, I think a former professional baseball player, he started his own sake, his own Nihonshu brewery, and he diversified the Nihonshu making process by adding umeshu with the Nihonshu. Oh, interesting. Which is not normal in the no, no. Japanese alcohol, uh, the Nihonshu society. Yeah, no, that's, so, yeah. that's interesting. Huh. Yeah, these will be hit in September, November, so... And the box is really beautiful. It's nice, it's green. It's the same style as the premium Nihonshu sake. Yeah. Cats. But yeah, but just more, more cooler. It's, 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 they're really interesting because I bought, I brought back, um, Kyushu strawberry. Yep. Sakura. And then I want to say, I think it was, I think it was Ida Bingo apple. I had an apple flavor I brought back. Oh, nice. Yeah, I know the apple flavor. Yeah. yeah that, the that, one, flavor. that one's good. That one's good. Oh, they got, um, so, uh, help me out too with some Japanese. You're good. Uh, the sweet potato. Sweet potato in Japan, the purple one, which is baked. Uh, uh, oh, I know what Ushiagemo? it is. Ushiagemo? Huh? Imo. Ushiagemo? Imo. Ushiagemo. Ushiagemo. You got it. You got it. You got it. You got it. Yeah. Yeah, so they have them too, man. So you get a, like a purple Ushiagemo. Sweet potato, white chocolate Kit Kat, which is really, huh. really good. It's really good. I gotta try that. That sounds good. No, so th it's it's a weird, it's a, it's a weird but really interesting almost subculture of Japanese candy. It's it's amazing how it's taken off there. It blows my mind. Yeah. And it's only getting bigger too because I just had for a limited time. I had the Ruby Kit Kats. Actually, I can still get them. The Ruby Kit Kats is. Uh, are you a Deadpool fan? A little bit. My bro my brother in law is a huge Deadpool fan. Okay, I'm a I'm a Marvel freak from a long time ago, so I love Deadpool. <laughs> Deadpool always breaks through the fourth wall. Yeah. So the new Kit Kat, the Ruby Kit Kat, is breaking through the fourth wall of chocolate. So you have your you have your normal chocolate, your dairy milk chocolate, your white chocolate, your dark chocolate, and Ruby chocolate is the breaking through that fourth wall. It's the fourth new type of chocolate. Huh. Interesting. It's based on the, it's based on the ruby, like a red-flavored cacao chocolate seed. Interesting. But it's a totally different chocolate. And the ruby Kit Kats have just been released in Japan a few months ago. I think they're in the UK now and in Australia now. But, yeah, that Japan takes... Japan has this ability to take something normal and make it exponentially... Awesome. Everything is better. Oh yeah. Everything. People think that they it's a rip off, but honestly they, they make it they take it and they make it better. I mean it's Yeah. But it's it also drives not drives me crazy, but it's just amazing to me how much candy has a hold in the culture too. Oh yeah. So when I was in when I climbed Mount Fuji, they were handing out um, Meiji bars. Nice, really? Yeah, they okay. were doing a Meiji commercial on top of Mount Fuji, and so I don't think I ever got in the commercial, but they had like a bunch of people be like, Meiji is great. Like, you know, just you had you said that in front of the camera and they gave you like a Meiji candy bar, which I was nice. I needed sugar because I was climbing a mountain. So I was down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh it, it, it's 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 everywhere. It's it's kind of one of those interesting things. Yeah. We we had the same thing. I'm not sure. I haven't been to the U.S. So I'm not sure about your culture. We have the same thing in Australia, but like you said, it's not as ingrained in the culture. It's like true. in Japan, it's really ingrained in the culture. Like the candy and everything is really deep. It's true. Although in, Tim Tams are 
pretty amazing. Yeah, thank you. Have you ever tried a Tim Tam Slam? Oh, yes. I tried Tim Tam Slam last week. I, I had a problem with Tim Tam Slamming. Yeah, it's, it's nasty. It's, it's really good. <laughs> it's so good, it's bad. <laughs> the best way I've ever had it described, and this may be a little graphic for the kitties, so prepare yourself, kitties, but it, uh, the best way I've heard it described is a chocolate orgasm. That was by a girl who loved chocolate, and I, I kind of agree. It's pretty damn good. Yep. I 100% agree with you, and that's exactly the same words I use to describe it. There's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's so bad for the kitties, like there's an orgasm, but when you have a Tim Tam Slam, that's a chocolate orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty hard to top that. It's pretty hard. It's it's pretty fun. No, so if so, if people wanted to get into candy, if they want to get a taste of Japan, they they like Japan. They don't know a lot about Japan. They watch the they watch comic books or whatever it is. But they just want to kind of like dip their toe and experience a little bit of Japanese. What do you recommend they try? You're the expert. Okay. So candy-wise, I recommend they try – if you just want to go safe, like really safe, I'd recommend pure, pure okay. gummy candy. Pure gummy candy is good, yeah. It's, it's the same as every other candy though in the world. It's just a gummy candy. Mm-hmm. But the only difference is you get it from Japan. Um that's just like a really safe bet. If you want to push it a little bit, I recommend a DIY kit. Oh, those are fun. It's, it's a really big jump, though, from here because we're talking about safe, just gummy candy, which you can buy anywhere, yep. to actually a full-blown Japanese candy experience. But <laughs> you get it. The packaging is cool. It's all Japanese. It has little pictures on the back that walks you through the process of how to make it. And you're getting the Japanese candy taste, and the, and it's totally unique. It's not every, not everybody can try it, and it's fun. Like my yeah. wife and I used to do it for a date. We used to get like a little pack, like do the ramen one or do like the uh, the sushi oh, one, great. and yep. then we just make it together for a date, and then we take pictures and judge them on Facebook. And who made the better candy? That's the best thing about the DIY kits because it's uh, it's not just about making a candy by yourself and having fun. You do it with your friends, and then you can share it with your friends online too, and you can make videos about it, and you can you can take it to a different level. You can mix it up a little bit. You can do something strange with it, and it's really cool because it's a it's a social event. It's not just a by yourself candy thing. Yeah, it's it's something that I think that Japan made candy social, you know, which is which is which is interesting. I mean. When I would have lived in Japan, I think we talked about this a little before, the little kids in my neighborhood, we became pretty good friends with Michael Kadi Cho and just the people in my neighborhood. And there was a lot of little kids where I lived in Nagano and they used to come knock on my door and they asked for Ohana-san because I have a big nose, so I was Ohana-san. And I'd, give them a, <laughs> yeah. I'd give them a little piece of candy and I'd give them umai bowl, which is basically a giant flavored Cheeto. But the, yeah, yeah. But their moms liked it and I liked giving it to them. It was just a good little... Uh, it was very social. It was it was, it was interesting, I, and I I miss that about Japan. Yeah, yeah. I, like you mentioned umaibo. Um, so you, candy, I mentioned that. What what I suggest, but um, umaibo, the snack wise for Japanese snacks, I highly recommend umaibo because there's maybe ten to twelve different flavors, and like you said, it's like a giant Cheetos, and the flavor is awesome. Yeah. And there's also umaibo. Uh, Amoibo is like all Japanese candy and snacks. They always take it to the next level. So we have premium Amoibo. So premium Amoibo is bigger than a normal Amoibo. So it's longer. <clears throat> it's thicker. And the flavor is premium. So the flavor is totally different. It's more 
bang for your bucks. Nice. But what I did last week, I got, I didn't put this up on the internet yet. I'll put it up on Instagram or YouTube later. I got the wasabi steak premium on my bowl. Uh-huh. And I, I put that on a piece of toast and then I covered that in some cheese and then I toasted that in some melted cheese. So it was like a wasabi steak premium on my bowl cheese, toasted cheese sandwich. And it was, wow. Nice. It was really good. That actually sounds like it sounds yummy. I'm yeah. gonna make another one today. <laughs> right, mixing it up in your food. Like I feel like we might be able to be good with like with like tacos or something. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, because the salami on my bowl, you could put that in a taco as well. That would be really nice. It's a good idea. Yep. I, I started yeah. first, kids. If you do it, make sure you reference me. I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You heard so, it yep, here. Yep. So guys, Johnny Dinkle here at Mango Sensei. He did it first. That's right. The My Ball Taco. You heard it here first. The My Ball Taco. That's mine. It's mine. <laughs> and we're not talking taco like octopus taco. We're talking like Mexican tacos. Oh, yeah. Do you think that would work, taco in a taco? Oh, yeah. It totally works. Totally works. Yeah. There's, yeah, I reckon so. there's I very few it. things that octopus is not good on. Yeah. So, do you like takoyaki? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Taco yeah, takoyaki. takoyaki is the best. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, it's the greatest. Yeah, it's the best snack ever. You know, takoyaki's up there with my like my favorite Japanese foods. It's probably in my top top ten. Yeah, me too. So yeah, uh, whenever a Japanese person asks me what's your favorite food, Japanese food, I'm always really stuck because it's always takoyaki, okonomiyaki, or monja. Ah, see, I'm uh, I'm number one in skemen. Skemen is amazing. Oh, skimming, yeah, yeah. Number yeah. two, osushi. I, I, I did yeah, my osushi. osushi yeah. And then number three is probably okonomiyaki. Yeah. Okonomiyaki is amazing. It's yeah. absolutely to die for. Uh, it's really, really hard because, like I said to you, like I, I want to I say like I like this, I like this, like that. But then when I mention like takoyaki, okonomiyaki, and monja, I can't forget sukiyaki. Ah, sukiyaki is good too. Yeah. Now I want gyudon. Gyudon's amazing oh, as well. Yeah. Yeah, gyudon is a bomb too. I used to get the... Have you ever tried the yeah. mega challenge for gyudon at Skia? Yeah, Skia, yeah. Love it. Have you tried their mega challenge? Not yet. No, but it's weekend plan. Weekend plan. Weekend yeah. plan. It's, it's, it's a, make sure you uh, don't eat a little beforehand. It's pretty intense. Okay. Okay. I, I I haven't been able to complete it before. It's I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not big enough. I'm just like. Uh, okay. So what what do you think about nabe? Do you like nabe? I do like nabe. I enjoy nabe quite a bit. I like yeah. kinoko nabe. Yeah, nabe is like up there for me, but it's not my in my top one, two, three. It's not up there because like I said, like takoyaki, monja, okonomiyaki, and then sukiyaki, and the tempura, and then there's ramen, and then there's soba, and the skaven. And if you want a good social food, the best social food in my opinion is probably either nabe or shabu shabu. Oh, shabu shabu is great too. Yeah. Especially yep. if you go to a biking. Yeah, yeah. I introduced my parents to shabu shabu in Australia, so we had to do a little bit of Australian style. So. We couldn't get the thinly sliced meat like they have in Japan, so mm-hmm. I just did my best at the butcher. And then we didn't have the shabu shabu pot, so I used an electric 
uh, fry pan and fill that full of water. And then I made all the condiments and all the soups and I put that all like, put it all out and some miso soup and then we had a shabu shabu party in Australia. Nice. An Australian twist. Those Aussies, man. Those Aussies. You know, I ha- yeah. last time when I went to Australia, they they made ah oh man, Australia has some good Japanese food. Yeah, it's not bad. At least Melbourne did. I only mostly went to Melbourne, Gold Coast, kind of a thing for a little while. Yeah. Although that's it's. I didn't get to see any sharks. The only thing I didn't get to see that I wanted to see. Went to the Dananongs, which was nice. Nice. Okay. Nice. Yep. Didn't I've actually never ones. been to. I've never been to Melbourne, mate. You've been to more of an Australian than I've been. Hey, I've been to like two cities, man. <laughs> uh, I've been to two cities too, Brisbane and Sydney, and that's it. Yeah, they're close enough. At least you no one's been to Perth. Nothing's out, <laughs> out in Perth. Yeah, everybody goes to Perth. Everybody comes. Well, most Japanese, when I talk to them, have you been to Australia? And they say, oh, yeah, I have. They, most of them will say they've been to Perth or they've been to Sydney or they've been to Cairns. Yeah, you got you, you got to go like Melbourne or like Queensland or like somewhere on the nice coast. Brisbane's a nice area. Yeah, Brisbane's nice. Yeah, public transport I think is the biggest issue for us in Australia because our public transport is terrible. We don't have decent yeah. trains. Our buses are always late or early, and um, we don't have Shinkansen. So I think that's a killer for tourism in Australia. They just can't. They just, I, 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 I'm going to try to do an Aussie accent. I'd fail. They just can't be bothered, man. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I, I can't say that in Australian English because that's a little bit too rude for your viewers. But yeah, <laughs> I couldn't be. <laughs> that's what we, yeah, that's what we normally say. Yeah, mate. Yeah, couldn't be. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. But so that kind of going a complete one eighty to something else entirely. So if anyone's following me on Instagram, they saw I recently had a very important board meeting with me and my co-founder John. So we're both named John. It's really unfortunate. That's why we call him Sorechan. But <laughs> it's a terrible name, but his last name is Sorensen, so we call him Sorichan. Yeah, Sorichan's okay. Sorichan, good to all. Sorichan. It's adorable. But um, we, we, I'm really into the longboarding, skateboarding a little bit too. But uh, you teach skateboarding in Japan. What is the skateboarding scene like for people who are really into skateboarding in the state or states or at least maybe even Australia? We have, a good, we have about 20% of our people listen in Australia, so... <coughs> what's yep. the how comparable is the scene out in, in japan it's a little bit uh that's a good question um in in australia it's more socially acceptable so you'll see you'll see guys like skateboarding everywhere all the time you'll see a lot of crew on longboards longboarding around all the streets and stuff you'll see a lot of young guys on pennies or young girls on pennies that's right pennies and because yeah. pennies are made in australia allegedly apparently i, so used, to have a, really I used to have a popular. penny phone case you did? Okay. I did. Okay, there you go. Yeah. yeah. It's a popular brand. Um, so skateboarding in Australia is like a big thing. It's nothing compared to the US. Like, you guys made skateboarding, so you guys are like the leaders in skateboarding. We love skateboarding out here. We, we chase you. We chase you with Shane O'Neill. We chase you with our pros. We, we can't quite touch you, but we're pushing. You guys are coming in, in Japan, it's totally, it's really underground still. Gotcha. But we with Tokyo 2020 Olympics, with skateboarding actually being included as an official Olympic sport, it's starting to really take off now. Every nice. Tom, Dick, and Harry is jumping on the skateboarding wagon. Every company is getting skateboarding in their imagery. Actually, where you go now, you'll see, I'll see three or four skateboarders a day. Um, before, when I was living here, before the announcement, I'd be lucky to see one skateboarder a day. Yeah. 
But with that being said, that's the mainstream. I, I run a media company called Skateboarding Japan for five years here, which is sharing the Japanese skateboarding scene with the world. So I'm a skateboarder. I go underground. I, I'm out at 3 a.m. in the morning skateboarding in these spots, and I meet all these Japanese crew, so I know where they skate. I know the good spots, and I, I met all these guys. I met all the pros. I, met, I got to do interviews with the pros. I got to do shop reviews, product reviews. Underground Japanese skateboarding scene is huge. Gotcha. On the surface, it's just a little scratch. Nothing there. Gotcha. So if, if say you're going to Japan for the first time, you love skateboarding, you bring your board on your back, you just you, you they allow you to stow it in the overhead bin, which they don't always allow you to do. You have to take your trucks off now coming from the States. Yeah, same in Japan. You can't store it in the overhead bin. It has to be checking. Yeah, you can you can bring it in your backpack, but you have to take the you have to take off the trucks. Yeah, yeah. Which sucks. But say you do that, you go through all the trouble to get your board to Japan. Where should I start if I want to kind of get to the scene? I'm only there for like two weeks. I'm in Tokyo. Wow. If you're only here for two weeks in Tokyo, the it depends on how ganky you are or how much you you like to throw down. I recommend Shibuya. Oh yeah. Not not Nike Park, not Maishita Cohen, the skateboard park in Shibuya. I recommend on the streets. On the back streets in Shibuya. Really? Go, yeah, go into the back streets, Dogenzaka Slope. Go into the back street areas there. There's always skaters hanging around there. There's always skaters sessioning on the roads. Shibuya is, if you want to get in the scene quickly and meet some friends and get in there quickly, if you only got two weeks, like you said, yeah, Shibuya back streets at nighttime, late at night, get in there. Gotcha. Nice. And, and so... You go in there. Is it? Is there a big? If they want to go in there to skateboard, but they can't speak the language, that is that going to be a big boundary for them? No, because skateboarding is an international language. Because every time we see another skateboarder, we always know. Yeah, bro, chalkies. <laughs> chalkies? What's a chalky? Ah, okay, that's Aussie as well. Chalkies. Okay, I don't know what you guys call them in the U.S. Chalkies are the little stone on the road. So you're 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 macking down the street. You're busting out some heel flips. You're setting up for a tray, and then that little rock. That little stone on the road, you can't see it, and your wheel hits it, and it locks up, and it leaves that big white streak on the road, like <laughs> a chalk streak, and you get pitch Superman style, and you eat shit into the road, pardon my language, you eat crap into the road, and you slide on your face, and you ripple the skin of your hands, So the chalky is that little rock that catches your wheel and makes you your life hell. Gotcha, no, we, we, just, we, just, we just call it the little rock, we don't have a name for it. Oh yeah, we call them chalkies because it leaves a chalk mark on the road. Gotcha. That makes sense. That makes that makes that makes good sense. I like it. No, I I, I I love the skateboarding scene. I love boarding around here. I have I've had four different boards since I've been home. I have a I have a new road board that I'm putting together, which is kind of fun. Nice. I'm kind of I built I'm building it from an atom base. I just got some new wheels coming. They're rad, all rad, yeah. big old honkin wheels, about as big as my face. Ah, oh, nice, dude. Nice. I've sold a fair few of those setups. They're nice. They're really cool for off-road. They're really exciting. I'm, 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 there's a canyon down where we went longboarding last, and I want to kind of take it down there and kind of see what it does. But I think I want to change up my trucks, though. My trucks are a little thin, and I want to make them a little bit wider so I don't die. Yeah, yeah. So back to your first question about that, like skateboarding in Japan. It's really cool because I said it's an international language. So when I'm walking around Tokyo with my skateboard, or when I'm out in Shibuya and I'm just skating the spot, every time a Japanese guy with a skateboard sees you, they instantly smile. Oh, not everyone, 
but most of them, 99% of them will instantly smile and be friendly with you because it's an international language because they know you skate, you know they skate, and we both know the the ethos, we both know the lifestyle, we both know what's going on. Yeah, no, that's 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 as real as you get right there. I mean, it's it was interesting. Like last time I was in Japan, I was able to see somebody skateboarding, and that was the first time I seen someone skateboard in Japan because I was always in the boonies. There's never in the in the like the Inaka, no one's skating out there. And so like I saw a kid skating in Osaka, and I was like, "It's here! It's finally here!" Like, yeah, Osaka has a huge scene. They have a really big skateboarding scene. It's really big. It's nothing compared to Tokyo. It's really big, and there's a lot of really good Japanese pros from Osaka. Yeah, next so, time yeah, I go I, to Japan, I'm bringing I my board. I'm hitting up the parks, man. Like, next time I go to Japan, that's like on the top of my list. I wanted that, and I want a longboard down in Nagano. Nagano has some insane slopes. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. It's it's yeah, up so, there. Um, if you come when you come to Japan, I recommend going to uh, Sekia. Sekia. So if you're flying <laughs> to Japan, you land at the Rita Airport. Uh-huh. You take the KC line from the Rita Airport directly into Tokyo, so it goes from Nippori or Ueno or Tokyo Station. On the KC line, about five stops out from main Tokyo, there's a station called Sekia. Uh-huh. Sekia has a huge vert half pipe. They have a really rad outside street section, and they have a brand new indoor street section. Whoa. Indoor street section is all wood, and it's really, really nice to skate. It's rad. Dude. That's awesome. where the Japanese pros are training right now for the Olympics. They're training there and in other places around Japan. That's amazing. This, yeah, man, definitely Sekia Skateboard Park, guys. If you come to Japan, Sekia Skateboard Park, hit that up. For sure. I'll put it in the show notes as well as the location for all you other boarders out there so you can you can check it out. And if you go want to hit when I go to Japan on the slopes, I'll make sure to send on an APB so we're in Nagano Prefecture. You can know that we're there. We're going to be... Nice. We'll be grinding that thing, man. It's gonna be amazing. Because <laughs> we're so excited. I, yeah, man. I never get to talk about skateboarding with anyone on my podcast because they're all like, "Today we're going to discuss about great grammar." Like, I love grammar; it's my passion. But I don't get to talk about anyone about skateboarding or longboarding, and so it's it's nice. Yeah, me too, man. I've got um all my uh, all my friends Japanese, and they skate or snowboard, but we don't really talk about skateboarding much. We talk about uh, this skebe or hentai or nomi hordai or tabe hordai or I don't know. Yeah, you talk about you're going to do with your buddies, you know. Like, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, last question before before we wrap before we wrap up here. Why did you have? Why did you go to Japan? What was the, what was the trip? It, what was the trip where that finally made you go abroad to get to the the island that we all love? Islands, it's plural. Yeah, plural. <laughs> um, challenge, life yeah. experience. I live in a small country town in Australia. It's called Umundi. It's on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. It's only one main road, and it's really small, but it's really beautiful, and it's really, it's really close to Noosa near the beach. Lifestyle is super relaxed. So everybody there is really chillaxed. Nobody cares about pushing or hustling or doing anything you just go to work come home go to the beach go camping barbecue fishing ride motorbikes race cars all the fun stuff but for me it was just a little bit boring i was 29 uh already ran my own skateboard shop in australia for three years so i already had a little bit of a taste of 
what life can give you if you push it. And I grew up with Japanese culture. I studied karate. I studied Japanese language. I taught myself to eat with ohashi, with chopsticks. And I really wanted to go to Japan. I really wanted to push myself to the next level. Like, what can I achieve? And I love Japan, so I thought, bang, I'm going to close my shop. I'm going to go to Japan and go there by myself and yeah, take life by the horns and give it a go. See what I can do. Yeah, it's worked out. It's worked out pretty well so far. It seems you've done some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's only getting bigger and better and weirder and stranger. But hey, <laughs> that means you're on the right track. That yeah, on the no, right that's track. true. That's a good point. If it's not getting weirder, you're doing something wrong. That's for sure. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> cool. All right. If you guys want to, if they want to connect with you, how would they find you? Okay, guys. So you can uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Tokyo Munchies with a Z. On Instagram, you can follow me on Twitter, which is Tokyo Munchies with an S. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, which is Tokyo Munchies, normally Tokyo Munchies. Or you can check out my shop at tokyomunchies.tiktel.com. And if you want to, if you want to message me, if you want to email me, yeah, jump on Gmail and Gmail me at Tokyo Munchies with Z at gmail.com. I'm happy to chat with anybody all the time. He is Japanese very English. I, I like this. Like, can I just interview you, please? And he's like, Yeah, for sure. Let's do it. Like, I'm like, Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I'm happy. I love making. I love meeting new people and making new friends, man. So thank you for the invite, John. I really appreciate it. Anytime, anytime. We are happy to have you here. If you want to connect with him, we'll put all those down the show notes down below. We'll make sure you connect with him, and um, we might have something special for you as well there. But thank you so much for joining it. And minasan, boy, toki nasai. Moshi nihongo de perepe naritai nara. 間違いっていうことが必要でしょう。ですから一緒に間違いましょう。それじゃあまた明日。じゃあまたね。よろしくお願いします。バイバイ。Yo, before you run off, I do want to make a quick announcement. Kyle's been really kind to us in allowing us a cheat code, if you will, a special discount code. It has a website, Tokyo Munchies. Go over to his website and save 10% off any orders over 20 bucks and get some cool Japanese candy on me. Because I, you know, I did that because he wants to make sure people listening to the podcast get something fun out of listening to this episode. We kind of talk about everything. So I hope you enjoy it and Johnny.